whole way the collective shifts, the whole way we heal our soul is through the body. So if we don't anchor anything we're doing through the body, it doesn't matter. We're, we're just playing in the realms and we're not having any lasting impact. So Mary Magdalene brought that into me so strongly beginning in 2020 of like, we have to shift the focus. We have to shift the focus to the body. So I love hearing that you're also seeing that sort of like full circleness that's happening because to actualize our missions, everything is non-physical first. It's true. And then it's created as physical. Welcome home to the Lindsay Martin Ellis experience. This is your virtual sanctuary where we keep it light while going deep and ground spirituality into the reality of what it means to be human. We explore consciousness, evolution, alternative health, all things truth, taboo, and beyond. There are no boxes or rules here. Tune in each week where myself and raw and real guests will be sharing our lived experience through a multifaceted lens to support you no matter where you're at on your journey. This is a sacred space where spiritual principles and universal wisdom are accessible, simple, and digestible because all are welcome here. It is your birthright to remember the magic and miracle that you are. You ready to be inspired? Let's do this, love. to the show everyone I'm feeling like myself again although of course I'm not myself because I'm growing a tiny human month eight of pregnancy can you believe it the last several weeks have been challenging for me in terms of recording the podcast that's why I had a couple of solo casts that I dropped to really ground into what I was moving through and this is a long overdue collaborative episode interview with muscle sister, Dr. Christian Strang. And I had the pleasure of being with her in this amazing community through Flower of Life Press, where I became a published author. So Dr. Christian Strang, she is a multiple time bestselling author. I think she's now written 12 books, maybe even more since the last time her and I connected and she's just a beautiful soul, like lots of energy. I just feel like we have very similar resonance. Um, It's exciting to talk to her. There's just a lot of like life force that runs through her, a lot of truth. So much of what she share resonates for me, resonates with me. And I am excited to share. And so um, a couple of the books, there was one book called The Angelics and another book called Love Letters from Mary Magdalene. And so I titled this one Messages from Mary Magdalene with Dr. Christian Strang, just because so much of the universal truth that she receives is through the the energy of Mary Magdalene and and you know, she expresses that Mary is one of her primary guides and Mary Magdalene is also one of my primary guides. And I talk about it here and there. Um, but I think we talk about it a little, a little bit more in this episode. I share a little bit more about my connection with Mary Magdalene. I have a just deep reverence, respect, connection with her. I don't even know how it really happened. It just kind of started to be very loud and very clear. And I started to get a lot of guidance. And in this episode, it's very interesting because um, 
you know, Dr. Christian and I, we talk about some of the the like universal messages that have come through us <laughs> almost in like a way of resistance because sometimes when I receive messages from my spirit team intuitively, it's like hard for the human mind to comprehend. Sometimes it feels a little bit out there. It feels a little bit like, uh, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. It's like not always integrated yet as we receive. And I love that in this conversation, we really talk about the moments where we have had resistance in sharing, you know, universal wisdom and sharing our truth through our perceived lens. And so some of what you know, Dr. Christian and I share about that we it may resonate with you and it may not. And a couple of the things that I think are important are as it relates to nutrition and food. Um, and, you know, Dr. Christian talks about how she doesn't believe in testing in terms of like if there's any sort of physical ailment. Um, we talk about just different topics and what I think is important to share because I've kind of thought about this a little bit more, right? Like there's certain things that don't resonate with me in the material world anymore. However, in terms of my, in terms of where I'm at, like certain things that just don't land for me, certain things that just don't resonate, certain things that just don't really support me anymore. And, um, it's, it's part of, I think, our journeys where, for example, as, as Dr. Christian talks about, like she just, because we're such dynamic beings and because of what she's received and what she's experienced with her own healing of the body and the, the capabilities of the body and our own, you know, our own dynamicism of how things are always changing and fluctuating and just how how intricate the body is, right? And where, for example, the medical system oftentimes only looks at the physicality and and disregards the spirituality piece or the energetic piece or even the mental piece. I mean, the, the emotional piece, right? Like, so I think what I wanted to kind of anchor in is, for example, for testing, like I think about this with my pregnancy journey. This is, again, the power of choice. So, Chris, Dr. Christian, right, is like, okay, testing, it's, that's not something that resonates for me. Generally, I'm not a big tester, but as I'm in my pregnancy journey, there were a couple of things that felt important for me to test. Like I did initial genetic testing in the beginning. Um, I did a couple of ultrasounds. Like there were just a couple of things that supported me in feeling confident and feeling connected to my baby and feeling reassured. And for the most part, um, everything has been pretty intuitive outside of that. Um, I have done a couple of different testing for my iron levels through my midwife, for example, and also for um, glucose and things like that. And what I loved about my midwife is, right, she's like giving me everything clinical and then saying, you have a choice to say yes to this test, to say yes to this ultrasound, to say no to this test, to say no to this ultrasound. And I think it really just comes back to like, would I feel comfortable, like, like, 
what feels safest for me, right? So for example, I had my initial ultrasound to confirm my pregnancy, to see the baby and to hear the baby's heartbeat when, you know, we first got pregnant. And then I knew that I wanted to have the, the anatomy ultrasound at eight weeks where I got to see my baby, see all of his limbs and his fingers and his toes and just see how everything was developing. And that just felt good for me to know, like, I trust and I really just want to see and I want to know and I want to feel like confident that everything that I'm feeling inside is affirmed. Right. And then what happened in that ultrasound is I actually had a they were having a challenging time because my my little man has always been positioned pretty low and his head has always been down. And it was I had what they called like, was it a low, I think it was called a low lying placenta where the placenta was pretty close to the cervix and there is potential of complications happening there. And even though I didn't have fear around it when I really tuned in, I wasn't planning on having a third ultrasound, but I was like, you know what? I just feel like for peace of mind, it would be It would be lovely to affirm what I already know to be true, which is that my placenta has moved up. I know that I'm meant to have a home birth. I know that all of this is in alignment. I trust my body. I trust my baby. I trust the birthing process. And sure enough, I decided to do it and everything was beautiful. And I actually got more affirmation of how like perfect, like the divine perfection of my body and my baby and the positioning and just everything was like checking all the boxes for perfection. And so I really want to presence that as Dr. Christian, you know, Strang and I talk about this in the conversation is there are times where like I have opted out of numerous tests, for example, with this pregnancy. And there were some things that I decided to do for the sole reason, and now I'm really like it's really dropping in right now of if, if there is any inclination when I'm in the process of laboring at home, I don't want there to be any discrepancy or hesitation of what if like if if there's any infiltration of of the mind of that something could go quote unquote wrong, right? It was more like I there were certain boxes that I wanted to check in order to not let the mind take over during those intense moments of home birth um, so that I could really be sure that everything was as divinely orchestrated, divinely orchestrated as I had envisioned and as I had intended. Um, And so that's really important, right? Like sometimes testing is supportive for people, right? Like sometimes people may feel that they need to be on a certain medication for for a certain period of time. Sometimes people may right it like hire someone in order to support them and tell them what they should be eating, right? Until they get to that point where there's that deep gnosis, right? So the way that Dr. Christian's explaining it, I love because if I was so in trust, like if I was fully connected to my divinity without the human part of me that has like little micro moments of doubts and fears with this pregnancy journey and this labor journey, I probably would have opted out of all the testing. I've actually known, I know several women who didn't do any testing, who did no ultrasounds, right? Like, and for me, it was more like an 80-20, right? And so because there was a, a part of my psyche that 
like still didn't trust or still had an infiltration of fear from the collective or whatever it was, things that I came in with in this incarnation, things that I heard from friends or loved ones or my own traumatic birth experience or whatever it is. So that's where it's like, can we just meet ourselves where we're at and know that we have different options and choices available to us? And I'm just using my my personal experience right now as an example, because it's in the forefront of my mind, right? And eventually, I know I'll get to a point where I won't I won't need to rely on that as an affirmation, right? Because that gnosis is so, 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 so strong. But it's beautiful that we live in a material world and we have choice and option and we have technology that to be able to support us in affirming what we already know to be true. Um, we talk a lot about nutrition and intuitive eating and metaphysical health and healing and spiritual nutrition and all of these things and just how much of what both Dr. Christian and I have been receiving is really this, this like, coming back into the importance of the body of our humanity, right? So like, I don't beat myself up or I don't make myself wrong for the part of me that still has fears. That still is like, that still is like, I want these certain tests because when I'm in the home birth setting and I'm, there's a potential where I'm doubting myself or if I'm feeling like I can't do this, or if any sort of mental chatter gets in my mind that impedes me from really connecting with my body, with my baby, with source in that moment, right? Like there's no shame for the parts of me that got the affirmation from, again, the medical system that was like, yep, you're totally good, right? Like now I get to go into that birth experience knowing my body is healthy, my baby is healthy, like everything is in prime optimum condition for me to have the most ecstatic, amazing home birth experience, And we can apply that to really anything we're dealing with in terms of our health. And so much of what we talked about with food and with health and and just sovereignty over our bodies. And there was so many synchronicities in what Dr. Christian has received from her spirit team and same with me. And again, some of it's like a little far-fetched at times, which is why there's, I don't want to say far-fetched, but it's like... It's so beyond what our limited thinking human mind can comprehend sometimes that it feels so unattainable or it feels so far away or it feels so out there, right? But yet there's just this part of me that's like, oh, this is what's possible when we remember who we are, when we continue to deepen our connection with ourselves, with our bodies, with spirit, right? And we can really commune in this way. There's just limitless potentialities and possibilities. And so, yeah, I'm just pretty excited for this conversation. You can tell like we were just having so much fun because we had no clue what we were going to talk about and where it was going to go. And it felt like very timely and it felt very important. Um, And so I, I would encourage you to go to to go check out sacredspirituality.org. So that's sacred-spirituality.org. That's Dr. Christian Shring's website. She's got a podcast. I believe that's called Awakening. And I'm eventually going to be on her podcast. 
who knows, maybe after baby comes, she invited me to be on the show when she's rounding up her next round of speakers and interviewees. Um, and then again, she's got the two new books that she just launched and um, she's got metaphysical recipes. She's got a ton of free transmissions from Mary Magdalene on her website. She's just got, she's a whole wealth of knowledge. And again, it's from this very like grounded, practical um, human place. And also from this place of just like, excitement and fun and lightness and but again like very profound wisdom at the same time and I think it's what makes a lead like a spiritual leader like that's what I love I love I love lightness in spiritual leaders I love you know um like play lightness fun humility like just this piece of yeah, we're human. And sometimes we have resistance and sometimes we receive messages and we're like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? And just keeping things fun and light and fluid um, is kind of the resonance that I get that I get from her. So I hope that you enjoy. And um, this, like I said, was recorded a few months ago. And I love when I can go back and re-listen to some of these conversations and realize the medicine of the moment of like, oh, I needed to hear that and and how things have catalyzed for me and how I've been able to kind of digest them and again, like integrate them back into my own experience and allow me to show up with a greater sense of, again, acceptance, allowance, acknowledgement for where people are at on their journey because we're all at such different phases. So enjoy this conversation with Dr. Christian Strang and myself. And um, as always, reach out and let us know what's landing. Please check out the show notes to find all the ways to connect with her and to just get in her world and to just be enveloped by her body of work because she really is a beautiful, powerful being with a lot of wisdom. All right. Catch you next week for another episode. Much love. Welcome back, beautiful humans. I have the lovely Dr. Christian Strang here today. Would you like to say hello for a moment? I'm super excited for this conversation. Hello, everyone. I love our intentionality around this and what we're blasting out and creating here. Lindsay, thank you for creating this sacred space to have these kinds of conversations. Absolutely. All right. Well, we met, when did we, we met, gosh, when was it? When did we start the journey of this collaborative book process sometime in the spring of 2022? Is that right? I feel like it was the fall of 2022, but maybe it was spring. I don't know. Time is so weird. <laughs> maybe it was the summer. I feel like August. Maybe it was August. I don't know. It I was. Remember. You're right. We started in August of last year. That's okay. So we yeah. were close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, time is very interesting right now. And I feel like we can talk about that. But, you know, yeah. this this book anthology was my first, my first ever process of becoming a published author. And I got to meet so many lovely women, including you. And you are an author. You are doing it. You have written several books. And I have your bio here. I'm just going to kind of read this first piece really quickly. And then I would love for you to kind of share a little bit about who you are. So yes, you've written 11 books, which is amazing. But so Dr. Christian Strang, you are a mystic, a metaphysical psychologist and an Amazon bestselling author. You've written 11 books and more to come in the genres of visionary fiction, paranormal romance, and channeled message oracles. Basically everything you love to write about, which I absolutely adore because that's what we get to be doing. We get to be, right, 
fulfilling and embodying our passions and bringing those to life. So is there anything else you'd like to share or just kind of add on to that short little intro? Yeah. I mean, I essentially write the books that I love to read and that I want to read, you know? So that is, I, since I was 12, I remember the day that I realized I was a writer and I was like, so excited. And I came like running into the kitchen to tell my mom, like, mom, I know what I'm supposed to do with my life. I'm here to be a writer. And she was like, writers don't make any money. <laughs> like good luck. Um, but I was undeterred. I started like the first newsletter for my elementary school that is still in publication. People <laughs> still going strong. And I actually just published my 12th book. And I would say I, I got on this path, this mystical path. I thought I was a writer. That's what I was doing. I was a freelance writer. When it happened, I had a health crisis that launched me into a spiritual awakening. I would say like, I kind of went kicking and screaming to the mystic path because I was just not getting it. So I like almost died. And that's when I had my, my awakening. So it doesn't have to be that dramatic. It just was for me because I wasn't getting, I was not getting it. Um, so now I get to take my passion, which is metaphysics and metaphysical health and healing and romance and love and Mary Magdalene and bring it into books. And that's just been so fun for me. I love hearing people's journeys because there there are oftentimes, my own included, a health crisis that brings us to our spiritual yeah. awakening. And I love how as a child, right, it's like we know who we are. We know what we love. And then, you know, you're, it wasn't your mom's fault, but right, society starts to say, you can't make any money doing that. That's not a real profession. This isn't going to work for you, right? And then we start to kind of get that conditioning and programming and we st- kind of start to go off the path. and then. Mm-hmm spirit kind of kicks us <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little more eccentric than others. But, you know, I think it's important to kind of share as I'm now pregnant and and the community knows one of the messages that I've received from this little baby is, is, is that I'm going to start. So he's basically told me like, I'm going to start telling you about my life before, now, and when I come earthside so that I never have this severed connection with source so that you can remind me of who I am so that if society does try to pull me off or if I forget, you will remember and you you will be able to communicate that with me and share that with me. And I think that's the difference in the consciousness of the planet. And so I would love for you to kind of speak into that a little bit, like just our parents did the best that they could, right, at their level of consciousness. And so did their parents and their parents and their parents. And and how you tr- are, are kind of circling back to this is who I was as a child. This is when I was, you know, out of alignment. Here's how things got course corrected. Sounds like it was a very traumatic experience for you. And now you're here doing this work. So if you can maybe speak into the impact of we have to kind of go down those paths in order to kind of come to this realization and this, and this level of awareness. Mm. I love, I love, love, love that you are having this relationship with the soul that you're bringing through 
because I do believe that this is the next level of consciousness that we come in and these new ones coming to the earth are going to show us what it looks like to not forget and to not have the severing. I'm actually, I'm finishing up book two in my spiritual romance series, my new one called The Angelics. And in, in book two, we're talking about what it would be like. And the character gets to have this experience of coming to earth and not forgetting. Ooh, and, I can't wait to read that. <laughs> I know it's amazing. And she gets to bring all the memories and all the, you know, her past life, her life in between lives, you know, having that conversation with her spiritual team before incarnating. And I do believe from the messages that I'm receiving through my connection to source that that really is the next level that we will come here and we will, you know, and again, these babies that you're bringing through conscious women are bringing through is going to allow us to play with this because my mother's connection with source was severed early on. So she, you know, she's just passing and same with her mother and her mother. Right. And so she's just passing that along. And when I talk about, you know, my spiritual awakening, I was so far out of alignment, right. It was so far out of alignment. I had to almost die in the middle of Brazil, like on a twin bed, like the most tragic thing I could come up with, you know, it was like happening to me. But it's happening so that I will make the deal that that I can see now and look back. I was always trying. They were always trying to guide me to, which is that my passion as a writer is really inextricably linked to my passion for spirit. So that's why when I was a freelancer and I was, you know, just writing, I would, I did okay, you know, but I was just, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and eking out a living and an existence. But when I came into this recognition of, oh, I'm a scribe, I'm a channel, I'm, you know, I'm not just like writing any old thing. I'm writing specifically about the divine and bringing through divine truth. That's when everything changed. So we're really here to not forget. And, and I know, and this actually, I just, I was just working on this piece yesterday. So this is so perfect for book two that, you know, the story has been, well, we don't remember everything because it would be too overwhelming. But what came through in book two is that when you are at a higher state of consciousness, it is not too overwhelming. So these new ones that are coming onto the earth through conscious women are going to be able to hold that. And then also our invitation is to be able to hold that, to be able to remember and to live full out as the true expression of who we really are. And we need tangible, grounded practices to be able to do that. Yeah. So what are some of those grounded, tangible practices yeah. that you speak yeah. of? <laughs> this is so important. And Lindsay and I were talking about this before we came on, but just that we can have all of this esoteric knowledge and we could talk about all the things, but if we don't ground it into daily practice, forget about it. It can't manifest. So it's so important to talk about what are the actual tangible things we could do. First thing non-negotiable is meditate every day. And I don't care what kind of meditation people are doing. I don't care what time they're doing it at. Just make sure you're meditating every single day, connecting with source, connecting with your higher wisdom. We already know from a fourth dimensional standpoint that meditation is so healing for the body. It reduces stress, right? So you could just start out like, okay, I'm just going to take the tangible health benefits. That's fine. There are profound spiritual benefits that you receive from daily meditation and increased connection with source healing of the body, right? If you're trying to heal something in the body, sit in meditation multiple times a day, every day, your body knows what to do, but we have to plug into source so that that can happen. 
So meditation is first and foremost. I tell folks, start with 11 minutes. You know, if that's all you can do, start with 11 minutes. I have really simple guided meditations, 11 minutes. So easy. Just get started. Second piece is your nutrition and having spiritual nutrition. This was something that was brought to me in 2020. Um, at the end of 2020, Mary Magdalene came to me and said, we've, we've got to up our game when it comes to nutrition. I was not aware of how much the food supply and water supply was being poisoned and contaminated. I ate like clean is what I thought, but I had no idea like what we were really dealing with and how that was affecting the pineal gland and how is it affecting the human and being able to stay connected to source. So we can't stay connected to source with pesticides in the body and with all the other things. And and this isn't about doing it perfectly. I know people get super triggered about their food because it's linked to survival. And, and so we get that consciousness. Um, this is not about 100%, but if 90%, 90-10, you're eating organic, you're making sure that the vibrational frequency of the food is organic, regeneratively grown, best if you know where it comes from, you know, like really putting conscious intention into nourishing the body at a high frequency that will help you from continuing to get pulled out of your alignment with source. And um, because of the intensity of these times that we live in, it became like an utmost priority beginning in 2020. So I have metaphysical recipes that I share, product recommendations, anything I can do to make it easier for humans, because what started happening is people tell me that's impossible. I can't do that. And so I was like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you what I do. It's really simple. I'm not a chef. Like I'm just going to give you really simple, basic recipes and recommendations that you can use that will help so that you don't get disconnected from source. So we want to, like what you were sharing, Lindsay, with your um, your little one, we want to be able to just continue that stream of connection for greater and greater lengths of time without forgetting. So meditation is going to help you do that. The organic spiritual nutrition is going to help you do that. Those are like the two biggies that I really am impressing upon people at these times. If you do those two things, you're going to have greater connect length of connection with source. Absolutely. And it's interesting because because of my health journey, it's interesting, like when I'm interviewing more people that have had some sort of health crisis, it's very fascinating to me how we are kind of coming back full circle into the importance of the body because, you know, when I, you know, I had my, my, my healing journey physically. And then when my spiritual awakening happening after there was almost like a disassociation and it's kind of part of the process, right? It's, it's confusing. There's a lot going on with the body. A lot of rest is required. You know, I mean, I barely could even move my body. I mean, there was so much stillness and because of the upgrades that are happening and because of everything that's kind of going on within the body temple, right? There's that, there's, it's that, it's that requirement. And I, what I'm finding is those of us who have had some sort of health crisis, I am almost noticing that the coalescence is, ha- it's happening at least faster, or some people are still disconnected, disassociated, still not you know, still not really grounded in their reality. They're still not grounded in their bodies, right? They're not taking care of their vessels from a nutritional standpoint. Yes, they're going to sound healings. Yes, they're going on retreats, traveling all over the world. But the most, the easiest thing that we could do is what we are able to do every single day, moment to moment in our home. And that is connecting with the breath, connecting in nature, connecting with some sort of movement, right? 
whatever that prayer practice is or meditative practice, it doesn't matter what it is. There's a zillion ways to meditate, like you said, but also the food. Like if we're feeding our body temple with crap, we're going to feel like crap. So I really want to thank you for presencing that. And if there's anything else you want to add there. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Lindsay, because there has become sort of an addiction to like the retreats all over the world and the sound healing and the this and the that. And like you said, it is an important part of the spiritual journey. When I started, it was all quantum physics all the time. We weren't really like we're working with the body as a hologram, which is fantastic and important. And the whole, the whole way the collective shifts, the whole way we heal our soul is through the body. So if we don't anchor anything we're doing through the body, it doesn't matter. We're, we're just playing in the realms and we're not having any lasting impact. So Mary Magdalene brought that into me so strongly beginning in 2020 of like, we have to shift the focus. We have to shift the focus to the body. So I love hearing that you're also seeing that sort of like full circleness that's happening because to actualize our missions, everything is non-physical first. It's true. And then it's created as physical. But when you are feeding the body poison food and water, you are not going to be able to maintain your connection with source and you will be not be able to fulfill your dharma, like your mission. It won't happen. And that didn't fully click into place for me until Mary was bringing that through. So we have to get curious about, well, why would the food and water be poisoned? You know, it, th- this is conscious intent because that keeps the human from fulfilling their mission. So, you know, that sugar, whatever the thing is that is your thing, that has been chemically constructed to disconnect you from the the spiritual nature that is your body. And like you said, going out in nature is a great way to just start to connect to that because you start to see like the patterns of nature exist within your body, right? It's all we are nature. And if we are poisoning the nature that we are, we cannot fulfill our highest potential. Just like when Roundup is sprayed on the lawn, on the flowers, on the weeds, whatever, they cannot fulfill their highest potential. And 75% of the food supply is contaminated with Roundup. It would take 50 years to get all of the Roundup off of this earth if we stopped now. So this, this is serious. It's by design. And we are here for a reason. And we're here to actualize our mission. But if we're not meditating, if we're not eating the highest vibrational frequencies, if we're not out in nature, if we're not moving our body, all those, you know, downloads you get at the retreats and at the sound healings and wherever will mean nothing. And so the message is so strong for Mary Magdalene and Yeshua and the goddesses that we have got to actualize all this stuff we're picking up here. We've got to actualize it through the vessel of the body. And that's exciting to me. Yes. It's like very exciting. exciting. Yeah. Yeah, It's exciting because, you know, this isn't from a place because a lot of people get overwhelmed, right? Like I actually used to be an environmental engineer and I actually dealt with water quality. And so I had such this vast knowledge. So you're literally speaking my love language. (laughs) Funny when I was in that role, like I actually just. Disc, was disconnected from just the like the true impacts of what it was doing to our soil systems and to our bodies and just how the nutrients is really being stripped from our soils and why, you know, it's this whole, we have all these conglomerates that are feeding us like we need supplements. It's like, no, actually, we just get to go back to nature. But what's coming through so much for me lately is the power of choice in terms of 
our bodies, like we know what types of foods in general, right? Support us. However, our bodies are also very intricate, very complex. There's been times where I've been guided to eat like my ancestors. There's been times where I've only wanted to go raw. And I want people to kind of the, what you're expressing in terms of those two practices of the meditation and right, like nourishing ourselves through food from the inside out is this ability to actually listen to what does my body need in this moment? And I'm noticing through pregnancy how different, I mean, for the most part, I'm eating the same, but not like there's moments where there'll be a week where I need a certain type of food and then it changes the following week. And I think we see it all the time with like the keto community and the raw vegan community. And right. It's like this polarizing thing where it goes back to everybody needs to eat this way. And it's the only way. And it's absolutely pulling us from our sovereignty. And so do you want to speak to our sovereignty and the power of choice and, and how this is about like compassion for ourselves, acceptance, not judging what other people are doing and really honoring who we are and what our vessel is asking of us. Yeah, I love this conversation so much. <laughs> I was not expecting us to go here. I know, but... <laughs> me either. I love this. Where we got to go there. Yes, exactly. I love this so much because there is this sort of, it happens for me. I don't know if you notice this, but I just, I want to be like, yeah, vegan, or I was paleo for years or like, yeah, paleo, you know, (laughs) but the truth is exactly what you're talking about. And this is why I don't believe in testing. And this is why I don't find medical diagnostic testing, like worth anything because your body is changing every single day. And one day you like you're experiencing with pregnancy. It's sort of when you're in pregnancy, you're in like an like elevated, accelerated example of this. Cause it's literally like one moment to the next could be something totally different. Your cells are shifting so quickly and you are so dynamic that if you're not honoring the needs of your body, you're actually like that's self-abuse, right? If I'm like, I'm vegan or I'm paleo and I can only have meat all the, I mean, I eat meat like three times a day for years and years and years. And then I, because that was my, that's where I was at. Right. But if you can really honor your body, you may be vegetarian, vegan, whatever for years. And then the bot or a week. And then your body says, you know, I need animal medicine and then your job. And this is what I talk with, um, the folks I serve one-on-one and mentorship about your job is then to find the most aligned, sustainable form of animal medicine that you can find. Right. So just like we do with the plant life. So if we were living totally in harmony with the land, we would do a prayer. We would call in the animal that wanted to offer its life for our sustenance. We would have a whole exchange with the animal, a ritual. There'd be a compassionate bringing it to completion, right? It would be a totally different thing. Mm. So we have to find the farms that are doing that. We've got, you know, we have to do our due diligence so that we're staying in honor with the animal. And then just like I bless any plant-based meal I have, I If there's an animal, I'm doing a full blessing for its soul, thanking it for its offering its life for my nourishment and sustenance. We have to, you know, humans, we're so funny, right? We just, we want to join a group and we want to go hard at it. And, and that is great until your body is telling you something totally different. So we have to be willing. And I talk about this um, on metaphysical menu. I call it like intuitive eating that we are 
every day, letting the body guide us. And that may mean it looks totally different one day to the next, or you may go weeks or months eating a certain way. And then the body asks for something else. We self-harm when we say, my beliefs are too strong. I can't do this. We can bring the light of source and spirit and honoring to every experience. This, this This was hard for me. And I would say it's still hard for me around animal flesh. I can get there with most everything, but animal flesh, it's a little bit harder for me, particularly cows, because I have like a strong connection to cows. Um, And interestingly, I grew up in a dairy community and I never paid. I was just like, oh, cows. And now I see cows and I'll like cry because I'm just like, I love them so much. And they've gone through so much and been harmed so much. Um, So this is particularly challenging for me if, if my body needs that, but I It's happened like usually once a year, my body will ask for animal medicine. And so I really, you know, tune in, ask spirit to guide me. What is the best way for me to eat from a cow specifically? Because that's really hard for me. So we have to find our way with it, you know, because if our beliefs are so strong, we can again be self-harming what the body is asking for. So we want to recognize that the body is a dynamic, ever-changing vessel. It's fine to support whatever you feel in support of, but if your body is asking you for whatever it is, you have to honor that because the body is always changing. And this is also why I say, don't believe any tests you take because we, I, in my uh, quantum physics, energy medicine testing, um, or excuse me, studies that I did, we had case studies of women who would test, they'd come from the office and she'd test positive for breast cancer. She'd come from her house. She'd test negative, right? How much your environment affects you, how much you, you are changing all the time. So let's not take the testing so serious, but let's take what the body's asking for every day. Very serious because that's your body vessel. It knows what it needs. Also tests are um, affected by whoever's reading the results. So in the quantum field, we know the observer change changes the results. So that's why in energy medicine, when I'm doing a session, I have to hold the client in their highest state. This is how Jesus healed. This is how, you know, all great healers heal. They see the body in its highest state of consciousness. If you have a medical professional that expects you to have this result or that result based on what their conversations with you and your symptoms, then that literally will shift what they're seeing. So we have to remember our power and that we are dynamic, multidimensional beings, and that when we work in harmony with the body, we literally have completely different outcomes in our health and our well-being and in our life experience. Mm, thank you for sharing that. And what's funny is I've been, I was dairy free for so long. I had a, a hormone, a very interesting hormone journey. And since I become pregnant, I've been eating dairy again. But I'm since I've moved to North Carolina, I've been having so much fun. Actually, one of my neighbors just brought me some shiitake mushrooms that were handpicked the other day. There's my other neighbor who has heirloom tomatoes that I can just walk over. Right. And like people are bringing me vegetables. I'm going to all the different farmers markets. I'm understanding where the different cheeses are and where the different, you know, raw milks are coming from from the different dairy farms around here. And it's, it's a very different energy. And so it's like, I can connect to just the individual that's selling it at the farmer's market, or I I can just feel the difference. And what's also interesting about this little child is I, (laughs) this child's like 
give me more variety. You know, it's like we get set in our ways and I would go to Whole Foods and I would get like the things that I know my husband and I liked. And now when I'm going to Whole Foods or the farmer's markets, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never seen this type of watermelon before. I want that. Mm -hmm. And this is just what we do, right? It's like, oh, I like these things. And we just get stuck in our patterning. And I'm having so much fun exploring different palettes and tasting things differently and not being so attached to right? The reason why I was dairy-free for so long is because we know what's happening in that industry. There's a lot of corruption as we know. And now, but it's like not, there are beautiful, sustainable, local farmers (laughs) that are doing the right things and that are bringing consciousness to this. And, And I feel like it's this movement from like consciousness, right? So from morality to consciousness, right? That's the difference is it's not like some will deem a cow sacred, right? Mm -hmm. Some will eat the cow, right? Like we're talking about our ancestors. And so it's kind of that same, I love the intentionality of like, we get to trust what is it that our body needs in this moment and honoring and thanking and blessing and blessing all of the beings, all of the life, all of the nature, all of the, you know, people who made it possible to get this beautiful meal or piece of produce or animal protein in front of you. So yeah, I love this conversation. I it's like clearly this is where we needed to go. Um, but one thing that I've received from my spirit team recently is that I've been doing these practices where I'm really calling in universal energy every day and like filling myself up. And they're like, if you choose you actually aren't going to have to eat food in the same way that you are eating now. And I'm like, oh, this feels stretchy, but I get it. Like the way that I'm sustaining myself, it's going to start right as the consciousness shifts, it's going to start to shift. And the things that I once wanted to eat, I won't want to eat anymore. I'm not going to, it's not going to be required for me to sustain my energy throughout the day. And I see you nodding your head. So obviously you may have received that as well. (laughs) Yeah. And I kind of have a hard time with it because one of the bonuses of earth is we get to eat, right? And like, you're talking about the different watermelons, we have like all this abundance that we can enjoy. But yes, I've gotten the same messages that when we are, as we progress on this journey, we may not even need much food at all, if food at all. And I'm like, Oh, what? But there's also, you know, I've also received, I'm curious if this has come into your space too, that our bodies can live much longer than, because if you're not poisoned, being poisoned and contaminated, your body can live much longer. But, you know, I'm hearing like hundreds of years, yes, but even like a thousand years. Um, So that's really interesting to me about, you know, what's possible for these bodies and where we might be able to take things without that interference from an agenda that's trying to keep the human from their divinity. So it's, it's very exciting. And also like, whoa, this is going to be, like you said, stretchy, that's stretchy. I'm like, I really love food. It's really fun. I really enjoy it. But just like your point that it changes, it's changed over time for us, right? I used to eat like meat with every meal and now I only use meat as, or flesh as medicine, you know? So like things change, right? We change. So we may just come to, I'm sure it will be that point where we're just like, oh, I'm good. I like just yeah. need these other things. Yeah. Well, what I've gotten is that we're just going to be eating 
right, right. Plants carry light. (laughs) So we're going to be eating more plants in general. Um, But what I got is it's obviously going to take a lot of time for that point for that to happen where we may not necessarily need food, but it, it sounded like it was more of a choice. Like if you choose this, you actually won't need to eat food. And in the same way, I would still, so what I, how do I, <laughs> this is still new. So I'm, I'm trying to articulate yes. it, but, sure. but basically, you know, for example, we do the way that the majority of especially Americans eat is there's actually no, the, the, like the, the body is working 24 seven. Like there yeah. is no necessarily break for the digestive system, for example. And so we're overeating, right? We're stress eating. Like there's just all around us, the portions are huge. And so the way that I received it was like, I get to enjoy this, but even now I'm noticing, I don't need this whole chocolate bar. I can have one little yummy piece of my favorite huge chocolate and be just absolutely delighted and just let it melt in my mouth and feel whole and complete and just feel so grateful that I get to taste that and experience it. So yeah, I think that can be hard when we receive these messages because a lot of times we get like, this is where we're headed and this is what, what our highest timeline looks like as a collective. And it's hard for our human minds to fathom, but it's also going to take time as we know. So I'm like, that could be kind of fun to just not feel like I have to eat, but just eat for the pleasure of being like, oh, I want that. That sounds delicious. I'm going to make that. I'm going to make this a sacred experience. I'm going to nourish my family. This is going to be amazing. And then who knows? I probably won't need to eat for maybe another 10 hours. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that I feel like that happens. That starts to happen where we might have a couple of days like that in a week. I've noticed that where it's just like, oh, I'm not needing it in the same way. And and that's really you you hit right on it that it's the light quotient in the body and you're filling yourself with light and then you're receiving that message. It's like, yeah, because you're so filled with the light of source, which is so nourishing on every level. I also had um, this really amazing experience where I saw this this couple, this older couple, and they were maybe in their 70s, but they were very overweight and had a lot of um, wrinkles. And I was just watching them. And my spiritual team said, that's the aging process when you've been poisoned your whole life and your body is having to work so hard 24-7. So even we see the aging process changing, right? Remember when being 50 was like old? I remember my grandparents were 50 and they were like so old and they like look the same until like they died. They were just always were old, right? We Women in their 60s, 70s, 80s, like Sophia Loren, like Jane Fonda, of course, they're having work done, but it's changed, right? It's already changed, but it will continue as more of us eat in this way, as more of us shift how we care for our body temples, how we age, what the bodies, all those stories, you know, that you hear about menopause or what um, a woman or a man looks like when they age. I encourage listeners to throw that out because we are writing a new story of what it looks like. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm 37 and just the projections of society. And I always knew that how this was going, I knew I was going to have children later in life. Right. And we're seeing it. They're actually showing that we're actually able to shift the biological age of our ovaries. Right. Where before it was like, nope, you're stuck with it. Right. And so again, going back to, I'm seeing women, I'm friends with women who are naturally having children in their mid forties and their late forties. 
And it's that's the the new like it's like these pioneers that are showing people this is what it looks like. This is what like right your body is not broken when you're so in tune with yourself. Your physical your physical age doesn't actually matter <laughs> because it's it's very different than what's happening on your insides, right? I got pregnant naturally. I knew it was going I knew my child was going to come when when he was going to come and I feel amazing in my pregnancy and I'm having a home birth, right? And so trusting the process of that whole journey and even looking into, for example, postpartum and just the horror stories, right? Because as women, we're not supported as mothers, we're not supported, right? Like we have this, this system that really doesn't set us up for success in the most important role that we have as beings that can actually bring life into this world. And so the, you know, there's people like you and I and other people that are in our circles that are doing things differently to say, hey, your body is not broken. Hey, you can do this just because the medical system or this institution is telling you, you, you have these risks, for example, or you can't do that. It's absolutely not true. It's true based on the old model, That's right, right, of what's happening, but we can absolutely change that and we're seeing it every single day. So I feel like clearly the world needs to hear this conversation. And this is why I love just flowing with it. But I too also have a deep connection with Mary Magdalene. And I had the pleasure of of reading your Mary Magdalene book, which is Love Letters from Mary Magdalene, The Untold Tale of Her Life, Love, and Legacy. And it's a channeled book. And so I, I would love for you to just talk about how maybe your connection with Mary Magdalene started. Um, and maybe your process for how these books come through, like, was she saying, Christian, it's time. I want the world to hear my story. This is how it's going to go. I would love to just hear your process about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this conversation so much, Lindsay. And I didn't know you read the book. So that's really amazing. Um, and I, I just want to say, I'm so with you that we can change the narrative about women get, when women get pregnant, what menopause is. I don't believe yeah. in any of that. Um, we don't have to go down any of those pathways. The feminine body has been so manipulated and controlled for, because it is so, you know, so powerful. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so as much as we can break free from those things and everything we've talked about today helps souls break free of that. And so Mary Magdalene, you know, is a, is a leader in this of breaking out of the societal norms and the programming. But in 2013, um, Yeshua, Mary Magdalene and four other, um, ascended masters and their divine counterparts came to me in meditation when I was in Brazil on retreat for spirit, my spiritual growth. They started working with me, but my focus was really with Yeshua. Um, I'd been raised as a Christian, so I had just a strong connection with Jesus. So that was just, I didn't really know much about Mary Magdalene other than what had been, you know, given to me, which is totally false in a Christian religion. So that's what I was working with. And then um, I started having these synchronicities. People would say to me, other women would say like, oh, do you know you have a really strong connection with Mary Magdalene? I feel like, well, I work with Yeshua a lot, but no, I didn't really know that. Um, and then in 2020, it was her feast day and I was guided to channel a message just from her, which I had never done before. I'd always just channeled the collective 
of Ascended Beings that I worked with. And it was amazing. Like I had like tears pouring down my face. It felt, it was so beautiful. And then she came to me the day after and I woke up, um, you know, this happens a lot in the early morning hours. You've got that access, you know, just it's the perfect, you have no, your conscious mind has no interference. And she was right beside my bed. And she said, now we're working together. Now I'm going to be your primary mentor. Like it's on. I was like, oh, okay. All right. This is exciting. Um, And then I noticed I started feeling, um, what's the best word? Almost like defensive of her when I would see other accounts of her life and like always dismissing her in favor of Yeshua and always just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary Magdalene, but Yeshua, you know, like, um, and I started feeling like this isn't right. And then, you know, I had a birthday reading and the gentleman said to me, you know, you're here. Um, to embody your own feminine Christ and to support other women in their feminine Christ. And I'd never really heard that phrase before. And then um, I started talking to Mary about it. And she said, well, let's tell my story. And and I felt like, oh, I don't know. You know, I haven't, you know, been to this. I've been to the South of France, but not for the purpose of the Mary Magdalene studies. I, that's not, I'm not into history. Like I, because I believe it's his story. So I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know enough pieces to tell your story. And she said, you just need me. You're good. You know? So it took me about a year and a half to channel that book, which was the longest it ever taken me to write a book. Um, And that was because I was so just like, Oh, I want to get this right. And I want to do her proud, you know? And like, am I hearing you correctly? I would like triple check things. And I was just (laughs) really like fastidious, um, painstakingly. So for her and for me, finally, she was just like, we're finishing this and (laughs) we're finishing it now. Um, It just ended up being such a beautiful experience for me in understanding the power of Mary Magdalene. And and people have asked me, why do you think she's everywhere right now? And I've seen some people get really triggered about, you know, her being everywhere because, you know, there are people not of the light, you know, and that's going to happen anyway. I feel like she's everywhere right now because she is the feminine Christ and she is the example of the goddess in form. And we, this is the time the goddess is rising. Now is the time it's happening. So you're going to find her everywhere with people of the light, people not of the light, because they, they want to co-op that energy. And those of us who are on this path, she's coming to us more strongly than ever. And she really changed everything for me. And in, in the book, love letters from Mary Magdalene, she shares her story with Yeshua and they are equals. Yeah. You know, there is no like, oh, Yeshua was the superstar and she's just his little sidekick or he healed her. Mm-hmm. They healed each other and they, you know, they did this thing together. That's true sacred union. And um, I love Yeshua so much. And my connection with Mary is just like taking my life to just a richer place and an honoring of my own feminine form in ways that I didn't realize I was dishonoring her. Yeah. Mm. I love this. There's so many synchronicities here. I actually read your book almost like um, an Oracle deck. Like I, each chapter, yes. I would pick it up and be like, oh, this is, you know, this is this is the medicine that I needed. Yes. But, you know, one of the things that I found and, and so much of w- what I was reading about her life resonated with me with what I've received from her. And I can't even remember this is kind of I'm like don't be mad at me Mary Magdalene. I don't even remember when this when this connection really started. It just 
kind of happened overnight and it was so profound. And actually then Yeshua started to come to me because I was raised Catholic and was very much, um, I was very much like, oh no, no, I'm with the goddess. Like that was like, nope, I'm only with the goddess now. Like, I don't want anything to do with any of this. Like, no, 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 no. And actually Yeshua came to me in a, in a plant medicine ceremony several years ago and changed my life completely, like completely changed my life. And I went on a healing journey of healing, you know, my, my wounding with the church and with father God and Jesus in general. And that's kind of what I received is right. Like they are equals. And one thing that I have found that's made me realize, you know, cause people are triggered by how much her name is just being thrown out there. Now it's more like, I I'm just glad people are talking about her now. Right. Because again, it's kind of where, where people are at at their level of consciousness, that's like right. the Vatican actually named her a disciple. That is huge to me. Yeah. Right. Like huge. And I actually went on this whole um, Da Vinci code, like she was showing me like, go read the Da Vinci code, watch all of the series, right? Like get, get your information. And in that book, right. They say religion is flawed because man is flawed. And so it, it created this level of like compassion and acceptance of where people are at and how we're rewriting history, right. We're rewriting why that happened where she was kind of like excommunicated from everything and shunned. And now she's coming back in this new way. And I think like, to me, it just excites me that there's a seat at the table for her and people are talking about her because more and more we're going to start to have that, that truth kind of come through. So yeah, that, and now I primarily work with, with Mary Magdalene and, and, and Yeshua from time to time. Those are like my main two. And I, I also feel like it's helped me be able to have conversations with like extreme evangelists, Christians, like where there is maybe judgment or there is maybe just like, this is the only way. And I feel like if I didn't have that relationship with them, I actually wouldn't be able to have, again, compassion, a level of understanding of why people are so set in their ways as we're coming back full circle to, right, when people hold on to things so tightly right? We're talking about like raw veganism and paleo and all these, it's the same with religion. It's the same with new age spirituality. It's like we hold on to things so tightly and then it actually impedes us from continuing to uncover more information, more wisdom, more knowledge, right? That is exactly right. It totally holds us back. I love that you made that parallel because just like the like, no, I'm this, I can't have what my body's asking for is self-harming. We're self-harming when we're like, no, I'm new age spiritual or, or no, I'm Christian. We're self-harming from the truth that wants to the divine truth, not the man-made created curated truth, but the divine truth that wants to be known. And I'm with you. I'm celebrating that everyone's talking about Mary Magdalene. That shows an erasing in the consciousness of the earth. It's just like how everyone's a spiritual healer and like that industry just got completely like, it's so flooded. I'm like, great. That means consciousness has risen to a higher, like whoever thought it would be cool to be a healer. Like it's like trendy, (laughs) you know, this is amazing. Magdalene's trending. Thank goddess. You know, that just shows an increase in frequency and it's our role to just bring through as true of her transmission as possible. So that those with the ears to hear and eyes to see. Yeah. And I I think the last piece I want to close with is when you were talking about 
that's how you know you're on path when you're like, I don't want to do this thing. (laughs) So it's like me with my spiritual leadership and me on the podcast and me sharing my truth and me really exposing myself vulnerably as you are also doing. It's, it's, and then I see people who it's so effortless. It's so effortless to share their journey. It's so effortless to, to be on the pedestal. And, but I also think, you know, I personally, I'm like, this is my belief system (laughs) (laughs) where those of us who are really meant to be in the spotlight in this way, like there's actually no certification or training that's required. However, we see certifications all the time for mediumship, right? And so there was a point where I got triggered by that, but I'm like, you know what? This can actually help people with where they're at that are a few steps behind. So it's kind of that same piece where I've resisted my mission for so long. I've resisted being exposed in this way. And a lot of times I'm like, I don't want it. (laughs) And then we have all of these people who are wanting this connection and who are like getting certified in these things. And, you know, people get to use their discernment and they get to learn. And I know there were so many people that I followed that I don't actually feel a connection with anymore. It's almost like, nope, my work here is done with them. I feel complete. And so I think it's also that level of acceptance, compassion, non-judgment, where there are people who could absolutely benefit from receiving that certification, from having that intuitive or that psychic or that healer tell them this is your path or this is what you get to do, right? It's like, we have to go through those phases of somebody tell me what to do and kind of reaching in order to kind of come home to self in that way. And and that's kind of the full circle messaging that I think you and I are bringing forth is, yeah, freaking do it, share it, take the class, (laughs) read the book, do the thing so that you can come home to yourself in a deeper way. Yeah, thank you for your service. Because I know it's hard and it always does stretch me. And I definitely have pushed against a lot of the things that they asked me to do. And the other thing I'm hearing Mary say as we're having this conversation is the invitation for you to create the certification and for you to create an offering (laughs) that supports those who are looking for that because then you're taking them on a journey. She actually had me create um, a certification. So, and I was also in a similar space of just being like, oh, there is a glut of this and I don't want to be a part of it. And then her saying, there are those of, there are those souls who like this really resonates for them. This really gives them that, that container because we're creating containers, right. That they can go into and have a transformation where like, you know, maybe for us, I know for me, it was spontaneous. I didn't take a mediumship class. I wasn't trying to channel. Last thing I wanted to do is channel. That's not what I was looking for, (laughs) you know? But those who are seeking it, if we can provide a highest light container for them to step into for that transformation, what a gift and maybe part of our mission as well. Um, But I feel you on that completely. So thank you for stretching yourself and taking those actions when you don't want to, because I, I know the video is the hardest, one of the hardest things for me. And they keep saying, make more videos. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I keep getting like, expose yourself more, go on more platform. And I'm like, how much more do you want me to do? Like (laughs) more, (laughs) how much more do you want me to do? But no, I so appreciate this conversation. So obviously the Mary Magdalene book I'm all about. I know you have, um, what is the name of the, the spiritual romance book that, that just came out? 
Uh, it's called the Angelics Wildest Dreams. And Mary okay. Magdalene does have a uh, cameo appearance in it. So I'm working her in, of course, to all of the spaces. Mm, I love it. So those are the two books. I know you have your website as well, Sacred Spirituality. You have your um, Awakening the Podcast. Is there any other offerings that you have at this time? Anything else that you would like to share any other places that you like showing up right now that you would like to share with our community of where to find you? Oh, thank you. Yes, my website, I've got um, free transmissions for Mary Magdalene. So you can sample some of her transmissions, meditation. I've got a free first mystical chapter of um, the, the Angelics books. You can sample it, see what you think. And all of that appears at sacred-spirituality.org. Um, that's really the place I'm primarily hanging out at where you can find all the yumminess. We've got yummy metaphysical recipes as well to assist the anchoring of our light body on the earth. Um, and of course, you can find um, my books on Amazon as well. <laughs> she married like was like, this is go. I hadn't published on Amazon in years. And she was like, this is going on Amazon. And I was like, I don't want it. <laughs> She's like, you're doing it. But it's been allowed us to reach so many more people that wouldn't have found me exactly. otherwise. So yeah. That's that same piece of like, okay, non-judgment, right? Yes, totally. (laughs) And I'll make sure to put everything in the show notes below. What a wild ride we took in this conversation. I feel like I can't wait to go back and listen to it again to see all the places that we took this. But it was clear this is is what needed to emerge and come through at this time. So thank you for sharing your light in the world. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah, I know we both did our invocation. And before we before I came on to even see you, I asked Mary, like, whatever you want us to talk about. So I I could never have anticipated we would have gone where we did. So thank you for providing that open space. So we really could just let her message come through. And thank you for your beautiful work in the world. I love to see other Magdalene's on the path. It makes me so happy. So thank you. Well, body chills right now. Thank you. Thank you so much. So again, check out the show notes for all the ways to get in touch with Dr. Christian Strang. And we'll catch you next week for another episode. Much love. Thank you for your presence and tuning in today. I believe in the power of reciprocity. So if you found value from this episode, I invite you to share the love. There are endless ways to do so, including leaving a rating and written review on Apple, forwarding the episode link to a loved one, reaching out to me on social media to say hi at Lindsay Martin Ellis, or sending me a love note via email at lindsay at lindsaymartinellis.com. I so appreciate you and your support. It's truly what keeps me going. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Lindsay Martin Ellis Experience. Much love.